Welcome to Her Natural Potential Podcast. This is the place where we help driven women get healthier, wealthier, and stronger. I'm your host, Nikki Quark, a registered holistic nutritionist and transformation coach, and I'm going to show you how to level up your nutrition, health, and mindset so you can start living life at your full potential. Good morning. Good morning. Today, we're going to be talking about gut health, specifically talking about IBS. If you don't know what IBS is, you probably haven't been diagnosed by it. And unfortunately, it is a very, very common diagnosis for a lot of people who are struggling with gut health issues. And it is oftentimes there's not really any kind of given solutions and it can be super frustrating for a lot of people who do struggle with a lot of gut health issues. And IBS is irritable bowel syndrome. So this is where you can either have a lot of constipation, you can have diarrhea, you can have a mixture of both. It could be changing all the time. It can be super frustrating. And there's also a ton of potential reasons as to why, right? You may be dealing with IBS, but unfortunately, the current (laughs) medical system, oftentimes, like when we have issues with the gut, but they can't make another type of diagnosis or they don't have any definite answers or solutions for you, then they often just diagnose you with IBS. And IBS is often used as like, it's kind of like a big blanket term, right? And so it can cover a variety of different reasons as to why your gut may be off. And that's exactly what we're going to be diving into today because as a holistic nutritionist and somebody who helps women with their gut health, um, this is a really common diagnosis that a lot of people will be struggling with. And again, nutrition, even mindset, and just diving into the gut and really working with the body can really kind of get things back in balance and help you start feeling better. So IBS, like I said, it stands for irritable bowel syndrome. So this is where you can be dealing with either like constipation or diarrhea or both. And oftentimes there's other symptoms as well associated with it. So I always tell people like, if we notice signs and symptoms, right, we got to listen to our body. Our body's trying to tell us something. Different kind of symptoms and stuff are often feedback from the body being like, hey, something's off. I need some support. I'm not liking this. Um, and again, we can learn a lot from really paying attention to things. And when it comes to our gut specifically, right? Like, A lot of times people will be like, oh, like I have gut issues. I just need a probiotic, right? That's oftentimes like the only solution that they kind of can think of or right, removing a bunch of foods. But again, it doesn't necessarily mean it's ideal for you. Everybody's journey and gut health journey can look a little bit different. And again, really paying attention to the body and figuring out like what your solutions, um, what your approach is going to be like can really actually get things back in balance. And even in terms of removing foods, like oftentimes for IBS, you're told kind of like a low FODMAP diet, or you're told to remove certain foods, or you're told to be put on certain medications to address the symptoms. But again, it's not addressing the root cause. And when we actually can figure out, okay, why are things off? right? Why is my body giving me this feedback? This is where we can not only 
address it and kind of minimize those symptoms for ourselves. But again, we cannot have this be a long-term um, recurrent issue that we're dealing with for many, many years, which is unfortunately what I often see for a lot of women. So when it comes to IBS, today we're going to be diving into kind of six really common possible root causes. And again, giving you a little bit of insight for what you can, like what's kind of going on with the body and where your gut's needing that support. And again, some insight on how to kind of better support your body with it. Now, of course, this is a general conversation. Your journey is going to be unique to you. So again, making sure that you are still kind of reaching out for professional support if you need it, if it is something that is severe, extreme, or it's been something you're dealing with for a long time, right? There are experts that can help you with this stuff. And again, take all the guesswork out for you and really guide you through this. But again, giving you some insight on potential root causes so you can kind of be like, hey, is this kind of make sense? Does this make sense with my journey? And is this something I need to kind of look further into? Now, possible root cause number one is SIBO. So SIBO stands for small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Now, this is actually pretty common. And unfortunately, right, as the name suggests, it is an overgrowth of bacteria. So oftentimes people will kind of maybe be dealing with SIBO and then they start doing these like really kind of high intense like probiotic protocols or they take something that is a really high dosage and it actually doesn't improve their symptoms. It makes things worse. So what this means, right? We have our large intestine and we have our small intestine. And this is where the bacteria is actually, it's supposed to stay in our large intestine, right? And it's kind of moving up. It's overgrowing into the small intestine. And this is where we kind of can start kind of noticing these symptoms. So with this, right, it does take a specific specific protocol in order to kind of address this um, and get things back in balance and get things in the places they should be and out of the places they shouldn't be um, so that you can reduce your symptoms. So again, if you are kind of addressing something else when it comes, right? If you're addressing, maybe if you're taking more probiotics or you're eating a ton of fermented foods, for example, thinking that it's going to be beneficial to try to rebalance things, um, you can just be contributing more and more to the issue. And then again, right, like this is where you could be struggling with your symptoms a lot longer than we want you to be. So there are tests for this specifically that you can take to kind of confirm if it is indeed an overgrowth of bacteria in your small intestine. So I do recommend obviously getting tested for this to kind of find out if this is indeed something that you're struggling with specifically. Now, root cause number two, and again, why a holistic approach is often a game changer for people, but a lot of people don't realize the huge link between our brain and our gut and stress and anxiety and just kind of like being in more of that fight or flight state or just our mood, like even depression and stuff can affect our gut health, right? And so again, really paying attention to our mindset, really paying attention to any kind of stressors we're dealing, psychological stressors. And we may notice, you may notice even with your own symptoms, that maybe during times of stress, your symptoms get worse. Or maybe when you're anxious, your symptoms get worse. And the trouble with this scenario is that they often play 
like hand in hand, right? So again, you can be dealing with anxiety, which triggers like a response from your gut. And then also if you have issues with like an imbalances with your gut, or you're having certain food sensitivities and a lot of gut inflammation or anything like that, which we're going to dive into in a little bit here, that can also affect your anxiety and can also kind of make you feel more stressed out and affect your mood. So again, really paying attention to things. And again, this is where sometimes working with somebody can be the solution for a lot of people because we may kind of not really necessarily be able to like work through certain stressors where working with somebody and working through things can be a lot easier and really kind of pinpointing stuff. Because I find oftentimes with people who are dealing with high stress, anxiety, and depression, right? And they're trying to do it all on their own they can feel really stuck because they get stuck in these kind of like mindset loops. And it's really hard to like pull yourself out of those things where sometimes working one-on-one specifically with somebody can really kind of give you those reminders and really help you through things. And sometimes just talking it out with somebody to really kind of bring more clarity to the situation can also really, really kind of help things. And therefore too, right? give your gut that opportunity to rebalance, reset, um, really get your mind in check as well. Now, root cause number three. So this is again, like similar to SIBO, right? Where it has to do with the bacteria in your digestive system and your your intestinal system is going to be dysbiosis. So dysbiosis refers to the imbalances with like good bacteria and bad bacteria within the gut. So this is where, right, it can be a variety of different things, right? There are so many different types of bacteria within the gut. Again, you can do certain testing for GI mapping. But the other thing to keep in mind is that if we are not, if we're changing our diet all the time, right? Or we're eating a lot of foods that can contribute to kind of the, like the growth of those bad bacteria or isn't supportive of those good bacteria. This is where it can be really challenging to do anything. And oftentimes, again, it's, it comes with not just introducing a probiotic, it comes with introducing the right types of probiotics, right? The right types of bacterial strains and also alongside making sure we're creating a proper environment where those healthy gut bacteria can really kind of thrive and flourish. And so again, paying attention to your nutrition is going to be huge for this one too. And then on top of right? As we talk about stress and anxiety, if we're stressed out all the time, that can also contribute to an alteration of our gut microbiome. But one thing to keep in mind. So again, when I was talking about like looking at your journey and looking at what relates to me, what relates to my history, what may have triggered this, have kind of contributed to this. So again, when it comes to dysbiosis of our gut, as I mentioned, it's uh, uh, like, there's not enough of the good guys, right? The good bacteria. And there's too much of the, like the bad bacteria, the non-beneficial bacteria. And so it's this imbalance, this dysbiosis and antibiotic use is going to be a massive, massive driver for depleted good bacteria or not enough good bacteria. And this is where oftentimes there has been some sort of antibiotic use for a period of time. And then people start struggling with IBS or they start struggling with gut health issues. So again, really looking at your history and being like, okay, like, did I 
have maybe like, did I get sick with something? And was I prescribed a bunch of these antibiotics? Did I do a long course of antibiotics? Did I have a surgery? Right. And I was prescribed antibiotics. I know for myself growing up as well, like my, <laughs> like, like God bless my mom. But um, I remember like every single time I got sick, it was like, oh, antibiotics, antibiotics, antibiotics. And she didn't really fully understand that this was really over time altering my gut microbiome. So growing up, I did have a lot of kind of like just a lot of digestive issues. Um, I had a lot of food sensitivities too that we couldn't really pinpoint. Like I'd always get like allergic reactions randomly to different things. And I did notice even when I was growing up too, like I did suffer a lot from severe anxiety and depression, obviously life events contributed to a lot of that. But right when I really focused on my gut and really kind of focusing on rebalancing my gut, so many of my issues when it came to certain food intolerances or food sensitivities or just digestive issues like bloating and stuff really cleared up and it really made a massive difference. So again, like even like to the severity that I was diagnosed with celiac at one point and I was told that I can like never eat gluten again and now I can eat gluten fine because I spent the time to really restore my gut health. So again, to an extreme case where it was like my gut was screaming for help. My gut was really struggling. And I do feel a huge contributor to that was growing up. I have was on a lot of antibiotics. I looked at like my, my health records and stuff too. And I was like, mother, like, what did you do to me? But antibiotic use is something that unfortunately is super, super common, far too overused. And again, can really contribute to a lot of imbalances with our gut microbiome. So not saying, right, there's not a time and place for it, but really paying attention to that. And again, if you are doing a course of antibiotics afterwards, right, or even during, you can really kind of help support your gut and support your healthy microbiome, like a healthy microbiome. So you don't end up having these imbalances with your gut bacteria afterwards. So number four, <laughs> number four, root cause, root cause is leaky gut. So this actually can be also referred to um, like intestinal hyperpermeability. So what this means is that the lining of your gut is going to be more permeable, right? So it's going to be like, it's really designed to let nutrients and like the good stuff in and into like to be absorbed um, into the bloodstream and stuff for your body to utilize and keep the bad stuff out. It's all the toxins, those bad bacteria, those types of things. So again, if you have that kind of increased permeability and more separation to that gut lining, either due to imbalances with your gut microbiome, stress can also do it. And then also if you have any food sensitivities or a lot of gut inflammation, irritation, this can also affect it. So this is where, right? Like if you're having, if you're dealing with leaky gut and that intestinal permeability is impaired, then we may notice again, we're struggling with these IBS symptoms. Um, and so really restoring the lining of the gut can be extremely beneficial. So again, nutrition, massive, really focusing on those easy to digest anti-inflammatory foods, giving your body a break and your gut a break for a period of time where it can really kind of restore and repair. And then of course, a lot of those really great nutrients specifically to help build and repair um, all of those cells and stuff in the lining of the gut. So L-glutamine, for example, is really, really great for that. We often hear it in the fitness industry um, for just like post-workout recovery, but it's also really great for the cells in the line in our, in our intestinal lining and stuff too. So again, addressing leaky gut 
can help reduce those IBS symptoms and again, help you feel a lot better too. Now, number five, this is again, kind of something that it's like paying attention to like other symptoms, how you're feeling, but any kind of infection, either with like parasites or even bacteria or even yeast as well can really kind of impair things too. So again, the protocol for that is going to be a lot different than if you're addressing stress and anxiety, right? So again, really looking at your scenario, this is where if you do need to do even like an anti-candida protocol, or if you need to address certain parasites and do an antiparasitic protocol, those types of things would be kind of the, the next steps for you addressing your IBS, if that is the case, right? So again, paying attention to your symptoms, if there's any other symptoms that are also showing up within the body, and really kind of even if you need to, doing a GI mapping test or doing um, certain testing and stuff. You can even do like a, um, if like, even like certain like live blood analysis and different things like that to also kind of figure things out. Um, but again, if it's in the gut, it's going to probably be a different test than if it is kind of looking elsewhere in the body. So something else to keep in mind there. But again, different approaches, different protocols to really kind of help support things. Now, last but not least is food sensitivities. So again, it could be just a response, like an immune response or inflammatory response to certain kind of foods, right? So whether it be intolerances or sensitivities, and therefore too, right? Really kind of pinpointing those things, removing those for a period of time, possibly doing like an elimination diet for a period of time to really kind of just give your gut that opportunity to reset and repair the lining of the gut. But again, sometimes people will be like, oh, I can't eat this, but then they'll just eat it still once in a while. And it doesn't give your body that full break because again, you're just kind of consistently contributing to things. So this is where I do like, of course you can do a food sensitivity test, but sometimes with food sensitivity tests, there's, you just got to take it with a grain of salt because this is where like, depending on kind of what you're having at that period of time, or depending on the results or depending on other like other factors and stuff, it might not give like a super clear picture. And even with that, I do recommend working with somebody because I see too many times people will do a food sensitivity test. They'll get this massive list of foods, right? And then they just, they'll restrict so much and they just won't eat anything. And then they run into all of these other imbalances and deficiencies because they're like, well, these are food sensitive sensitivities and intolerances. And it's like, yes, but again, if you have leaky gut, for example, you're going to end up getting a bunch of food sensitivities because you're just not properly digesting and absorbing a lot of those foods properly. So again, really working with somebody to really pinpoint like what foods we want to actually remove for a period of time, how long we want to remove them. And then also if and when we're going to try to reintroduce those foods too, because unfortunately food sensitivities, right? Like you can end up getting a list of some really incredible nutrient dense foods that you want to include. So again, you want to kind of eventually get to a point where you can reintroduce those things without having any of these kind of negative effects or consequences and stuff. Now, the other thing, that is really helpful with food sensitivity. So if, for example, either you don't want to do a food sensitivity test or you just don't have the finances at the moment, um, you can do a food diary, like a food journal. Um, and I really um, recommend doing it for a few weeks and really writing down kind of like the foods you're eating and how you're feeling, right? 
if you're noticing any of these like symptoms um, afterwards, how your energy is, um, any digestive issues, when you have maybe kind of like flare-ups or episodes with IBS and everything. And if you're noticing too, like in even in terms of your mood, so as you talked about like our gut and our um, like our mood, anxiety, those types of things, seeing it, writing all of that stuff down can be really helpful because you can start looking for patterns. And when it comes to food sensitivities, it's not just like immediate. That's the other thing. Like an allergic reaction for like if you get like anaphylaxis, for example, right? Or you break out in a rash or you get hives or something from a food allergy it's going to usually be an immediate response. Whereas food sensitivities can be up to three days, right? So you can have something and then maybe those symptoms and stuff aren't showing up till the next day. And so again, writing things down can really help you start looking for those patterns because I don't know about you, but like I just move through my day and I'm not constantly looking back and being like, what did I eat? Blah, blah, blah at this time. And how did I feel? Because it's like you move forward through your days and it's really hard to pinpoint every single thing, every single mood, every single feeling and every single like piece of food you ate and at what time for a week, like for a week ago, um, unless you're writing it down. So again, this can be really insightful for a lot of people. Um, and it's also really great too, to just start learning more about how certain foods and meals impact your body. It blows my mind still how many people do not realize the huge correlation between what you eat and how you feel, right? And your nutrition, your meals, have a massive, massive impact on your entire quality of life, right? Like in terms of your energy, in terms of your strength, in terms of your mood, right? Just how you feel going through every single day. And so once we do like a food and mood journal, for example, right, people can really realize it's like, hey, I had this meal and then I like didn't feel good that day and I didn't feel good the next morning. And it's like, again, when we actually spend some time to reflect on things, then we can really start realizing like, hey, this is like, this has a huge, huge impact. So again, really taking note. Self-reflecting, paying attention to how foods make you feel because it like nutrition is extremely, extremely powerful. Now, in terms of working with IBS, as I mentioned, like everybody's journey through it can look a little bit different. It can look a lot different, actually. And so again, working with somebody can be really helpful. But even in terms of the things that I just mentioned, right? Like pay attention to your body, like start off doing a food and mood journal, start looking for things and start looking for those patterns and seeing if there are certain times and certain things that trigger, right? The diarrhea, the constipation, you not feeling good, right? Like see if you can find those patterns and that's a really great place to start. And then with that, by looking at certain things, is it after um, a really hard day at work and you were super stressed out that day? Was it before a social event and you were like, had a lot of anxiety? And then it's like, hey, well, then your solution, something you can kind of work on is maybe like stress management and really working on your mindset or working on more of the psychological components. Now, if it's always after you have a certain food or a certain meal, right? And you're really looking at it and you're like, oh, every time like we go out for pizza, right? Then I have like, I struggle with IBS for the next week, right? So maybe paying attention to that and being like, okay, maybe it's a possible food sensitivity or intolerance. And then kind of 
doing elimination diet or looking for different alternatives, then it's like that can really kind of help get things back in balance. And then again, when it comes to certain protocols, I do recommend working with somebody. Um, if you're doing an anti-parasitic protocol, a SIBO protocol, anti-candida protocol, right? This is where really making sure that you're doing it properly because I see too many people see Google something online. They get a couple supplements thinking that that's the solution. But again, sometimes, right? Like we can go through that whole process and it doesn't really make a difference because we didn't fully do it. So um, I see this time and time again with Candida specifically because it's like they just remove certain foods, but it's like, hey, you want to spend some time kind of weakening and doing like weakening things and then doing the anti-candida protocol. And then also again, post, you want to rebalance things as well. And then even with that, again, if it is something that you've been struggling with for a long time, there are also additional supplements to kind of just, again, optimize the process. So it can be a lot more effective. Um, and again, working with somebody can be really helpful for that. So anyways, hopefully that gives you guys some things to think about. I am here to help. If you guys have questions, if you're watching the replay, hashtag replay. But if you're struggling with stuff, if you want some guidance, if you're just feeling overwhelmed and like the thought of doing all of this stresses you out even more, get some support. You don't have to do it all alone. And again, it just optimizes the process. And again, I see so many people who struggle with the same symptoms for years and years and years. And it's like, Hey, let's just dive into things and address things and then get you back to a better spot. Um, so you can move forward, move forward with how you're feeling, move forward with your life, move forward with new goals and new things that you have to worry about. So anyways, enjoy the rest of your day. Um, and I'll talk to you guys again next. Bye guys. That's all we got for this episode. Thank you so much for joining me today. One thing that really helps the podcast and other women who have yet to join us is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you tune in to listen. Please share with anybody you think might enjoy it. And also make sure to connect with me on Instagram at Nikki Park. Until next time.